Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Cellar Door Society. This is Jacob. I'm Ash. I'm James. And we're just changing the entire pattern now. So James is going number three. Uh, forget what you've known about intros up until this <laughs> point. This is how it is now. We are the Cellar Door <laughs> Society. Uh, I thought it might be fun to start with kind of uh, kind of a, a fun question. So I wanted to know, James and Ashley, what is your favorite, like, maybe top three Disney movies? Top three. Um, Soul is definitely probably number one right now for me. I really love the message behind it. I love the music behind it. I think it's a really good message for not only kids, but adults, you know. Um, secondly... Probably up, I'd up, say. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah, up is just um, <clears throat> up, and I don't know a third one. Ooh, a third one. It's kind of tricky. Yeah, yeah, the third one's kind of tricky because I'm kind of just thinking of yeah <laughs> running through them in my head. I'm like, probably Lion King. Sounds good, honestly. Probably Lion King. Lion King. Yeah. Yeah, I loved. I love Beauty and the Beast. That's just one of my faves. Um, the art style in that one, I think, is top ten. The music is great. I'm not the biggest fan of like sing-alongs, quote unquote, right? But uh, even with that one, it's hard not to be like, I'm getting down to this. Right, right. right. The story's good. I really like that one. Um, I've got a an older Disney one. And that is the Sword in the Stone. Oh, yeah. That is that is my number one Disney movie for sure. Wow. Um, I think I remember watching that as a kid, and I think that helped shaped a lot of my interests in like Merlin and the magical side of things, King Arthur, things like that. Um, and then yeah, number three's tough. This might this might be a wild one, but Cars. No way. <laughs> Cars 1. Yeah, Lightning McQueen. They really? came Cars out. One. Well, the first one came out in June. Um, so I remember going to that. My grandma wanted to take me to that for a birthday. Uh, I can't remember how old I was, but I was definitely teens. Uh, we were in high school when it came out. Yeah. 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 But my grandma really wanted to go. And so I was like, let's go. You know? That's so And cute. then uh, her birthday's in June as well. And she got the kick of it. She thought it was fun. Then we would go to the next cars came out, so we went and saw that together. So I think the movie is what it is, but I think probably the emotional attachment is why it'll be in those top three. So that's my top three. Beauty and the Beast is in there. I'd say two is Beauty and the Beast. Number one, Sword in the Stone. Cars number three. Ashley, do you got a you got a Disney list or a um, Pixar? The Aristocats Ooh, is like classic. my all time favorite. Also really love Fox and the Hound. Oh, so sad. Cry every time. Every yeah. time. Every time. Um, yeah, it's a good one, though. And then... I also really like Beauty and the Beast. Hmm. Yeah. It's a good story. I mean... It is a good story. It's a, it's a very typical bedtime story story, you know? My mom really liked it, so I have yeah. like, the emotional attachment of, like, watching it with my mom a lot. That makes sense. Like, even in high school, like... Oh, that's sweet. It definitely feels just like a comfort zone for mm -hmm. a little while, like a nice blanket. But interesting enough, talking about Disney movies, it kind of plays into what we were going to talk about today. Uh, the movie Anastasia, right, has to do with a lot of curses and those type of things. 
Well, have you guys ever heard of the bath curse tablets? The bath curse tablets. That is not ringing a bell. No. New to me. It sounds like some sort of awful bath salt or a bath bomb gone wrong is the first thing that comes to mind when you say that. <laughs> um, no. I just envision someone like cursing someone in their bathtub. <laughs> yeah, like, like running up to you in the yeah. tub, like, damn you, I hope everything goes wrong in your life. Like, whoa, dude. The candles lying, everything. Yeah, trying just, to have a nice night. trying to have a bath know? here, yeah. Damn. Uh, so I don't think that's probably what you're thinking of, James. What are, what you, do you have on your mind? You know, uh, Funny enough, a- Ashley's the closest one. Really? <laughs> okay. What's actually going on? Oh. Um, so the bath curse tablets. Good job, Ash. Are, uh, you know, very perceptive. The bath curse tablets are a collection of about 130 Roman era curse tablets, and I don't want to hear anything about the Roman Empire trend. I don't know crap about it. Don't bring it up. I don't want but to hear how it. how often do you think about it? Never. <laughs> Literally never. This is oh. the first time. So, okay. Well, let's have a quick segue. Uh, <laughs> because when that started coming around, I had to start asking my friend group the same question, right? And astonishingly, a lot of them were also thinking about the Roman Empire. But then a lot of them were also like, not at all, right? So, do you have a Roman Empire? Because mine is like medieval times i am constantly thinking about like man it sounds like i think i'd have a pretty good day today if i was on horseback and then i ran down to a little stream did some fishing so you're right up to the castle oh yeah you're rich in this this medieval fantasy if i'm fantasizing about this i'm not a peasant Uh, (laughs) but that might be interesting for like an hour you know but uh, that's my roman empire do you guys have like a roman empire do you think about constantly anything like that I feel like I kind of have a new hyperfixation every week. Um, I come back to Marie Antoinette a lot, I guess. Oh, that's oh. so Interesting. niche and specific. Yeah, I think she was just really misunderstood and like. Maybe we should do like an episode on our on our quote unquote Roman empires. We'll do, I have to do a full Marie Antoinette episode. I think that'd be fun. James, do you have a? You know, I'm I'm, I'm super similar to Ashley. I don't really have a specific. Roman Empire. I mean, for a long time, it was uh, pretty typical World War II, right? Just mm. super interesting. Yeah. Grew out of that uh, when I was in my teens. Pretty much was like, okay, over that business. Um, moved into, see, I don't even know. I guess food. Food. Yeah. I think that's know, fair. Like, I, yeah. I, I am the person that sits down and reads a cookbook. Like, not just buys one to crack and open for recipes. No, I sit there and I go through the preface. I read the mm. blurbs. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Me and my mom are pretty similar in that route. She used to have one entire floor to ceiling bookshelf full of cookbooks from all different decades. And I have a fun I, I want so <coughs> Yeah, I love that too. No, f- for sure. Or at the very least, the chance to photocopy all of the pages and have it digital or something. A fun mini-soda we should do is uh, let's have a mini-soda where we all talk about our favorite recipe, get it recorded, and then if folks at home want to try it, then they can and write back. Or if our loved ones have tried it and they've always wanted the recipe. That would be a great Instagram thing to do. There we go. Well, bam. Get ready, Instagram. We're coming for you. Yeah. Um, So sorry to derail the conversation about bath curse tablets, James, but... 
No, I think it's I think it's excellent. So yeah, they're basically you know, I'm, we're gonna d dive right into what these <clears throat> essentially are, and then we can get into the nitty gritty if you want. But pretty much a bunch of these Roman bathhouses that were around, you know, people would disrobe and leave their things on chairs and such. Many mostly like pools nowadays, right? Uh, and other jerks would come around and steal things, steal their robes, jewelry, whatever else, and people started writing the item let's see if i can remember it started writing the item where or when it was taken and then their name on like a curse a tablet that had a curse above it and it was meant to bring like harm or disfortune or whatever else to the thieves or whoever took it and they would write like the owner's name on the tablet so if i went to a roman bathhouse and someone stole my uh, frankincense, I would write a stone tablet that said frankincense, this date. Yeah. What, what were the, what, what did they write on the tablet so, again? I found a little bit of information on it and um, <clears throat> the inscriptions were likely completed by individuals specializing in this activity and typically followed a four-step process. Mm -hmm. um, although many tablets are believed to have been created by specialists, there's also evidence that amateur cursors also engaged in creating mm -hmm. them. Each of the four steps was critical to the success. First step was drawing up the cursed text. Um, this was to check the length of the text fitted the size of the tablet sheet. The second step was the production of the tablet. Third step was the inscribing of the tablet. Um, and then numerous handwriting styles were used and sometimes ornate detail was included, which has led to speculation on the scribe's role. Uh, to do. And the final step was depositing of the tablet in the appropriate place. This depended on on which deity was being addressed. In the case of the bath curse tablets, this was a body of water at a temple uh, sacred to Sulis, or S-U-L-I-S. Sulis. Mm. That's interesting. Okay. Yeah. So, so basically, most of the steps are just making the tablet, and then the final step is the curse, it seems like. So it's cursing the thieves and not cursing, like, hey, man, I, I, I don't like Tony. I'm going to slip this into his shirt. It's saying, like, hey, if you stole my frankincense... May your cart always lose its wheel or something, you know, <laughs> yeah. something like this. Exactly. Um, <clears throat> that's pretty much exactly it. And I find it really interesting because there had to be a lot of uh, belief behind this, right? Like, obviously, there had to be somewhat of something working or we, somebody seeing it working or else it wouldn't have continued to happen. Because you said there was amateur cursors, right? Yeah. Or apprentice. So it's like, what is the threshold for moving up into masterhood curse curse levels is it like you know every time somebody steals your shit do we find a body <laughs> on the side like, how, how do you prove that your curses are working especially against a thief if you don't know who that thief is you know you're just assuming now not to discount the power behind these curses because it sounds like if there was a system that Obviously, they were getting some result. Right, and what they found, like, 130 of them? Yeah, 130. That's what I mean. Like, it had to have been working some. There had to have been enough evidence of it working or seemingly totally. working that people Kept created doing 130 it. of these things. Yeah. Um, and I, that's just what survived, right? We don't know how many right. were these, actually these out there. Right, these weren't found until 1979, <laughs> 1980. Oh, shit. Yeah, so pretty recently, honestly, in the world of archaeology. That is really interesting. I find it from, like, if we break it down from a, a magic perspective, it has everything you need as far as, like, a basic spell or a sigil. We have intention, mm -hmm. uh, you know, 
damn the people who stole my things. We're invoking some sort of an energy. You said there were deities associated with it, solace. In theory, if they believed that they were working, then they were working, right? Uh, I just find it really interesting when it's, you know, the concept of like, oh, here's young Thaddeus. Uh, he's just an amateur cursor, though, so maybe you don't want to go to young Thaddeus, <laughs> right? But uh, I, I, I find that interesting. Yeah, the hierarchy of the magicians or the magical world or... Uh, <clears throat> there has to be a, a better word than magicians. Like, uh... yeah, I mean, it's fitting. Typically, you don the title or name that feels most appropriate to you, right? So a lot of uh, women who practice magic might associate themselves as witches, or they could still call themselves a magician or a wizard. Um, a male practicing person might... Uh, consider themselves a warlock or a wizard so it's really what kind of what you identify with um and then two it, when you look into magic often you'll find it m-a-g-i-c and then it's also m-a-g-i-c-k or you can read it m-a-g-i-k sorry to interrupt my bad i thought you were finishing up there um talking about the curse tablets i found uh, some information on one tablet that kind of breaks down how it worked all that type of jazz. Uh, it's very interesting because it's super specific on what it was made out of. This one was made out of lead in particular. Oh, great. Which is interesting. <laughs> yeah. Like the kind that gives you lead poisoning? Probably. Hmm. <laughs> Just w walking around with a piece of lead in your pocket. <laughs> it was found in the Roman reservoir under the King's Bath. It was found in 1880. That's right. You did is say... the King's Bath just like, like the King's Bathroom? No, I'm, I'm willing to bet it's probably just like a nice bathhouse or like a larger bathhouse, probably. Okay. You said one of the steps was determining the ideal placement for the tablet as well. Correct. Yeah. So that's interesting because to this point, it could very well be that they're putting these tablets, like should anyone steal within this bathhouse, you know, right. may you be plagued with a thousand diseases and then it's under the bathhouse rather than carrying it around like some sort of a talisman or something yeah where most of the first ones i mentioned were found were actually at the bottom or base of a lot of the pools so mm -hmm. these pools were really deep they were naturally fed typically with springs and stuff <laughs> we're just throwing hunks of lead in obviously <laughs> they know no better right but it's right. like for us let's go it's... take a lead bath yeah let's go take a lead bath but yeah. Taking the kids down to the lead baths tonight. <laughs> How about you guys? What do you do? There's a reason why a lot of them went insane and crazy in their later oh, years. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, we're finding out the reasons. Um, but interestingly enough, this one that was found at King's Bath, uh, it gives a translation of the text. Uh, it also describes the like transcription of it and stuff. I can't speak Roman or read Roman, so we're going to read the English one. Um, May he who carried off... Vilbia from me become as liquid as water. She who obscenely devoured her. I'm sorry, this is written really weird. She who obscenely devoured her, dumb, whether Velvina, Exuperius, Veranius, Severinus, Agastalius, Comitanius, Catus, Minius, Germanala, and Jovina. So I'm guessing ooh, ooh. those are the names of the people I think stolen. Careful, we're invoking around here, buddy. Yeah, it's interesting. Let's so, sage these microphones after that. <laughs> what a Vilbia is. May he who carried off 
Vilbia from me become as liquid as water. Maybe it's a specific item or a general term for my belongings. Yeah, you know, I'm really, I'm really full interested. Vilbia, you know, who knows? That doesn't sound right. Crazy stuff, man. I mean, but that's like just one example of a... Yeah, no, for sure. Of a different curse. I did find some funny curses is what it says. Um, let's see here. Where was it? There was one about stolen. Yeah. So this one is uh, stole my gloves, lose your mind and vision. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The author of this curse. Straight into the point. <clears throat> Do you think lead would cause someone to lose their mind and vision? I think totally. so. <laughs> you probably if you're yeah, handling it every day. <laughs> uh, the author of this curse, Dosimides, found himself in an unfortunate situation when someone stole his gloves while he was at a Roman bath. In retaliation, he cursed the thief by asking that they lost their minds and eyes in the goddess's temple. Those gloves, those gloves must have been special for a steep punishment. They should hope. Yeah. Yeah. Your mind and vision? I mean, maybe just vision for gloves. Like, suit, uh, double mind whammy. Those are some nice gloves. I'm gonna, if you're taking the time, I'm going to guess there are some nice gloves. Uh, here's another pretty funny one. Uh, the recipient of this curse, Tacita, must have seriously peeved someone off. The curse tablet claimed that Tacita, hereby accursed, is labeled old like putrid gore. Ooh. This curse could have been insulting towards their age or by comparing them to a diseased wounds or illnesses. Uh, interesting fact about this curse was that it was written backward, which likely made the curse stronger. That just almost comes off as like, you know, when somebody writes some... Mean girl type Mean stuff. shit in the bathroom I'm thinking stall. like Mean Girls, yeah, the like, movie type thing, burn book. Yeah, Tacita sucks, you know? Like, <laughs> all right, like, I don't know about that one. But putrid gore, like, Romans didn't hold back. Yeah. They really just went for the jugular on so, every Something set. kind of feels like if Tacita was possibly uh, maybe rejecting this person's advances, <laughs> going out cursing, which, you know, I guess if we want to talk about that whole idea... There are, through a different couple systems of magic, they will frequently say, like karma, for example. Like, what you put out will come back to you. So, like, if you're taking the time to throw a curse out, then uh, you better be able to accept that you might receive some of those vibrations as well. You know, be intentional if that's a route. I am personally of the mind where I don't don't feel like I should be cursing people. That's that's where I'm at. I'm I'm too, nah, like... I don't know. I'm not one to go that far into anger, I guess you could say, or like holding grudges. But also, I like life is long. There's no need to get mad about one situation and like potentially ruin someone's life if your curse comes true. You know, it's just mm. one moment. Maybe it was different in the Roman era where you had to like fight for your life every day. But I feel like the universe will just kind of take care of it naturally. Yeah, sort it out on its own. Yeah, karma. Yeah, exactly. I think there's uh, also the, there is some power to binding spells. If you maybe you have somebody who isn't a great influence in your life, but you have no choice but to have them in your life, you could do a binding spell where you could say, "I bind them away from me in some way," which isn't say anything bad should happen to them, right? But maybe the universe then finds opportunities where all of a sudden the work schedule changes. To and, space. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So there, I feel like there are always opportunities or other ways. But these seem very intentional to be like, you are taking my things. Well, 
Except for in Tacita's case. This does, this seems very personal. Oh, I got one more that's a little oh, better. Oh, please, let's hear it. Are you ready? You yeah. ready for this one? Uh, if they break up with you, dis- destroy their, quote, sacred organ. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's the reaction I was hoping for. Yeah. Um, uh, by the way, uh, for our listeners, this is coming off of ancientorigins.net is where I'm getting all mm. these. Uh, Thanks for saying that. Hilarious curses. want to give credit where credit's due. Uh, this curse was designated for Plotius, a slave of Avonia. Avonia? A-V-O-N-I-A. Avonia? Um, this curse described the recipient as having each of his body parts, both internal and external, destroyed over time in such a way as to avoid him ever discovering where his pain was coming from. The slave? Yes. He's already got enough going on. <laughs> he's, he's... Apparently not. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, the curse was designed to refute... The curse was designed to refuse to allow its recipient to sleep thanks to the amount of pain experienced. Though dark, the most curious aspect of this curse lay in its specific instruction to destroy the recipient's, quote, sacred organ so he cannot urinate. The wording of this curse heavily implies that it was written by someone who was left heartbroken after the downfall of a romantic relationship. Sounds sounds like... (laughs) The lesson, don't break up with someone unless you want your sacred organ destroyed. (laughs) That's I so guess harsh. Some things never change. Yeah, so that's harsh. what I'm thinking too. It's like some of this stuff obviously will never change. That's why you know Shakespeare can write stories that'll be timeless and things like that. It's uh, it's it's really funny to read these. Thanks for finding these. Yeah, dude, it's uh, it's some funny ones, you know. And well, speaking of like all the bath curses, that kind of makes me think of. I remember reading. In the medieval times, scribes at the beginning of their book would have a page that just had a curse on it, right? And it was because they spent all this time writing the book by hand that it's like, if you're going to tear a page out of this, may you be excommunicated from the church, may you have warts and boils for the rest of your life, shit like that. And they had the benefit, though, as at the time, the people believed in these curses, right? Probably similar to what we were dealing with in Roman times. So if somebody read the page, it'd be like, I'm not touching this book, right? (laughs) If the guy can write, he probably knows some stuff I don't know, right? Because I can't write, let alone probably barely read what's going on here. So I thought that was pretty interesting. This might be too controversial, so you can cut this out if you want. But um, it's the editor. I uh, <laughs> one time went to a Planned Parenthood and pretended to put curses on the uh, uh, protesters there. Um, I love that. That, that um, may be. I didn't actually, um, but I just wanted to cause a little chaos. Yeah, no, for sure. Podcast listeners. The Cellador Society is going to be taking a trip sometime uh, this year to uh, somewhere... Within um, the state of Colorado. Within the state of Colorado. Maybe if we plan it out uh, one state over, we'll see. Uh, with that, if you have any recommendations that uh, you think might be cool for you to hear us talk about or even just record from, uh, please let us know. We want to hear from you. Uh, we're open to some ideas. I know we've talked about the Stanley Hotel. Uh, we've talked about a couple other places. They're kind of uh, varied as far as um, you know interests and things like that. So if you have a spot that you think would be really fitting for us, please let us know. Um, in addition to that, we are hoping to start planning some excursions where we will be recording outside in nature, uh, preferably when you know things warm up, maybe when we get through the muddy season so the equipment's not all 
uh, dirty. Exactly. <laughs> you don't want to. You want to. You don't want to hike with pounds of stuff in the mud. No, uh, not particularly. No. I'll do it for the show. <laughs> but if you're saying if it's what I want to do, any normal day, ideally, no. If we have a, a different way, then that's what I would shoot for. Yeah, of um, course. Also, please don't send us to any Blair Witch areas of the woods. We don't. That's just not nice. We're not equipped for that. Don't do it. Although James will have a GoPro, so maybe we'll have some video footage. Maybe that'll be our first Ooh. dipping of a toe is a, a summer trip. Uh, get some, some footage or something like that. No. Not promised. <clears throat> uh, you might have to wait till 2025 or 2025. Don't, don't, don't. Don't yeah. say future years. It sounds scary for whatever reason. Get used to it, because we got years to come, 2026, 2026. You want to look at this for years? Yeah, I sure do. Well, that's sweet of you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you don't, then we'll just they'll just hear our voices. Or the video will just have Ash and I, and then people can see, like, your knee or, or something. I'm, I'm just like, the person that talks behind the camera. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I don't know. That seems kind of creepy. We'll figure it out. Yeah, I guess that is kind of yeah. too Dateline-ish, like running up on you, like somebody talking about you. What are you doing in the woods? Ah! I'm scared. <laughs> Did either of you guys ever watch Dog the Bounty Hunter? Uh, a couple times, yeah. You ever watch that show, Ash? I saw like previews for it. I never watched it. So you understand the premise, right? Uh-huh. So they're going after people. Okay, I'm not going to explain Dog the Bounty Hunter. So it's dog- <laughs> I was going to see if you were going to. <laughs> it's Dog the Bounty Hunter. There, there was one episode that I, I just remember watching. I can't remember if it was just on or if somebody wanted to show it to me. It has stuck with me to this day and probably for even longer. And it was... <laughs> so it's, it is shot from, you know, a camera perspective. It's not edited like a TV show. It's supposed to be, like, live and raw. Obviously, there's yeah. stuff going behind the scenes. I'm not going to explain TV now. Um, <laughs> Thank you for not mansplaining how TV works. Yeah, absolutely. Literally the least I could do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so in this particular episode, this part did not feel scripted or planned at all. And it was primarily because of the fear in, in this one person's eyes. So what happens is the suspect, we'll call him, starts running so you get dog the bounty hunter i think his brother or, or another guy or something yeah, like some, that, yeah some of the guy do with the ponytail yep. chasing <laughs> right do with the ponytails chasing it's dog it's the cameraman right because i think a lot of times people forget that there's an actual person behind the camera right that's so running with that's a 40 running pound with the, camera exactly right so he's running with all that equipment so they're chasing after the suspect dog uh you know avid cigarette smoker first to fall behind yes <laughs> okay uh and you know no faults to him but uh so we see dog slowly out of shot now so now we see pony ponytail fella and suspect we'll call him still running right uh so it goes for another couple seconds ponytail fella starts getting winded right and starts falling behind for like 10 seconds, it is the cameraman by himself chasing this just guy with the camera still, right? And this guy turns over his shoulder, and he has like 
such a look of fear. And I remember at first thinking, like, why does he look that that scared if nobody's there? And then I'm thinking, it's because there's a there's a person chasing you, keeping up with you with 40 pounds of camera equipment. On one side of their body. It's still getting the shot, yeah. And that that particular uh, While the two guys that are supposed to be able to tackle you are behind them. Mm -hmm. So maybe we'll just keep you in frame and we'll just not have a camera guy. So nobody has to go through something like that. So there's this castle in Colorado and it has this cool stained glass inside with like a little wizard on it in a room. Um, and I love that. I think that would be a cool place to record. Is this the castle where? Because my brother, uh, my brother's been to this <laughs> this place and uh, has been dying to go with me. It's a uh, basically this guy started making his own castle out here, and I think the city tried to shut him. Somebody tried to shut him down, and he was like, no, and he kept going. The castle looks crazy. It's kind oh. of like, do you know what I'm talking about? <clears throat> I know about? what you're talking about. I can't remember the name. Yeah, of it, I think you have to, off. there's like signs everywhere that are like, don't touch the railings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, that might be an interesting location. Uh, I would love to, to go to, uh, if you guys remember episode one, the Van Meter Visitor. Yeah. I would love to go to Iowa at some time, maybe next year. This episode is uh, admittedly a little bit shorter than what we usually do, but we thought it might be fun to just talk about curses and kind of keep it lighthearted. Again, I think this is going to be kind of more of the style that we'll be moving towards more conversational, so the episode duration might vary. Could be, could get a longer one, could get a shorter one. Um, I know we do have a couple projects in the works where we are doing some research on, so those will be coming still. Um, but if you guys, again, have anything you want us to talk about or you want to hear about, if you have stories to share, experiences, anything like that, get in contact with us. Uh, go check us out on Instagram, the Cellar Door Society, um, or uh, email us at knockatthecellardoor at gmail.com. As, as much as it feels weird for me to say, please uh, you know, like the podcast, give it five stars. If, if you have the time, leave a comment somewhere wherever you found it. Um, that stuff really helps us out. And in return, uh, just uh, goes a long way at uh, giving us more society members. So uh, this has been a fun one to talk about curses. We don't curse you. We love you, our society <laughs> members. <laughs> this is Jake. I'm Ash. I'm James. And we are signing out. Bye. Bye.